Hello out there. I'm John with my friend Johnny. Hey. Always here every week, Johnny, consistently for another episode of Talk About That. We never miss, ever. Ever, ever. <laughs> the mark of consistency. Do you know that we have already set the record, by the way, and uh, we're still in March at the time of this recording for the most downloads of Talk About That ever what? in a month? You guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. We appreciate all that. We don't say it enough in this business. Keep those cards and letters coming. It's not coming. a business because we don't pay any money yet. <laughs> you know, the radio business is hard, Johnny. It's tough out there. So I uh, hear. So uh, you just got back from a long, long drive. It's like a good trip. You did the number of miles in car that a human should only do by plane. Yeah. If it was a wagon train, it would take six months, and then one of us would have died of something. Scarlet you know, fever is a I good one. I had a one. couple of kids, and one of us would have died. <laughs> Isn't that the? <laughs> you just how would you have had a couple kids? That's true. I was with Marty. That's not going to happen. Gonna be uh, weird. I don't know science too well. <laughs> uh, I don't do. We science. pick up hitchhikers. I don't know, but anyway. So uh, yeah, I went to Greenville, South Carolina. Did a homeschool conference, and uh, I didn't do my homeschool joke though. You didn't do the one I, about I chickened out. Was was there between eight hundred homeschoolers and my dogs? My dogs are vaccinated. I didn't do that joke. <laughs> I chickened out. But do you watch Madam Secretary? By the way, no. You've asked me this, Gina Davis. No, it's not Gina Davis. Oh, who's in it? It's uh oh shoot. She was the one who was the first lady. No, she was the first female president. What was the one with Gina Davis? I don't know. You don't know who's in Madam Secretary? Yes, I do. It's your show. I know. I'm I'm just going blank. My wife would be so mad at me right now. She's okay. I can tell you what else she's in, and you can tell me. And and when you say it's going to make me really mad. Okay. She was. uh, Tia Leone. Jim Carrey's wife in. It's Tia Leone. What was that movie called? Dick and Jane. Fun, Fun with, with Dick, Dick and Jane. Jane. Yeah. Yeah. So I can remember that weird, obscure thing. That, that, yeah, that Tay Leone. Like, maybe like $12. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, that Alec Baldwin in it, by the way. Uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, remember? Yeah. yeah. I can remember that. You Anywho, it's uh, just little things that go away every once in a while, Johnny. It's fine. Anywho, they did a whole episode I on mean, like an outbreak of measles because, because of the of American population not vaccinating. And so we've lost our herd, our yeah, herd vaccination. Right. A lot of, uh, so I have a lot of friends on every try, every political stripe uh, and every ideological stripe on Facebook, as you do too, probably. And uh, so some of them post that stuff and somebody posted a story about some some township in New York that has now started banning people, people's children who have not been vaccinated from going in public yeah. because of measles. So it really is happening. Well, now, if that story is true, it my, could be a thing. I didn't. My wife, up. the nurse, felt it was a little melodramatic because, like, she had measles when she was a kid. Yeah. Like, you know, measles doesn't, I mean, measles is probably going to affect you greater if you already have a compromised immune system and things like that, you know. But right. but that being said, I, I, I don't know how, man, we quickly. We got right into it, didn't like we? three minutes and 15 well, seconds. Well, that's the thing. The reason I do the joke is I don't feel strongly enough about anti It's just like a dumb joke. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, aha, you dumb anti Like, I don't think it's dumb. I, I understand people have concerns. Sure. It's just a funny, dumb joke about homeschoolers. There's a, that's the whole uh, stereotype about them is that they live in a bunker and they right. make their own clothes and they their own soap. they're paranoid about the government. Yeah, and truthfully, these homeschool families are really sweet and, and nice, and I've had, I've had a great time with them. Well, you know, we had uh, quite the homeschool population in our youth ministry back when you were and I were working here diligently together. Yeah, for the next generation, and uh, it actually worked out when Laura had Sadie because she works from home. You know, we had three different homeschool nannies yeah 
come through. The and homeschool it, nanny. And it was a what? I mean, that's a show. It is a show. What are we doing with our lives? We could be mm-hmm. writing it right now. Man. Uh, but it was amazing. It was amazing. And they were great. And they're still to this day. In fact. And they still haven't graduated because they th- took time off. And by the way, all three, child. all three of the homeschool nannies are all pregnant right now with their own babies. Man. Isn't that? Full uh, circle. How about that? It's the circle of life. And they all are naming their baby Sadie. That's what's that's weird. not yeah. going to work. And one of them's going to have a boy. I don't know. That's I weird. told him something. No, and it's Didn't great. George I'm, Foreman name all of his children George? He did. Didn't he? Like a junior, a second, and a third, and a... George the fifth, George the fourth. Wasn't there a Georgina in there? There's a Georgina. Oh, wow. He that's, had a daughter. That's just cruel. A sixth child, Georgina. Oh, my gosh. Would George you change your Foreman. name? Well, should it be Georgiana? I read somewhere that they came to Hulk Hogan and approached him about the grill originally, and he turned it down. You're kidding. Yeah. Okay. You're, I need to look it up. Okay. First of all, you're telling me someone approached George Foreman and he didn't invent it himself for real? <laughs> I used to remember I used to do a joke about the George Foreman grill. <laughs> yeah. Because I would say it's the lean, mean, fat reducing grilling machine. I said, but George Foreman is not thin, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it drains the fat right off. And you're like, into your mouth? Are you turning up the grease tray like a jello shot? Anyway, I don't do that anymore because nobody has the George Foreman. Do you have the George Foreman grill? Do you still use it? No, I don't oh. have it. But Michael Scott grilled his foot with it. And that That's still right. Makes me now it's the keeps air, it alive. Now it's an air fryer. Everybody's got the air fryer and the, uh, the Instant Pot. You know I make a habit of every week trying to remember old jokes of yours. One of them that I thought of the other day that you should include again. It wasn't really a joke. It was a visual. Back when you were doing a lot of visuals, you oh, and Jeffrey right. in the beginning. Yeah. My favorite visual I think you ever did that was just so funny was Anger Armor. Oh, yeah. That Do you remember that? It didn't land. <laughs> it didn't land. So for the listener, so the, instead of Under Armour, they literally made like an Under Armour logo. It's like those two U's yeah. on top of each other. And they like, you turn it around. Yeah. So it was right. an, a, an, a, an A, an A, an A. And they had the Hulk. superimposed spandex uh, like workout wear over t- over the Hulk. Oh, the Incredible Hulk. the idea being David Banner ruins all his clothes. <laughs> So he needs anger armor. So he needs anger armor so he could <laughs> would stretch with him. And then I would do like a Hulk impression and be like, Hulk not want to smash now. Hulk feel cool and dry. And then like 30 people would laugh and 100 people would look at me like I was from another planet. I and I moved on. You so. know what? I wonder though. This Okay, this is a great social experiment. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes we try to get you to use one of my jokes to see if people already perceive you to be funny, so they're more willing to laugh at a joke that's less funny. Yeah. And you're unwilling to do it because you have no courage. But now <laughs> you have a joke in your own past that you think is not that funny. Yeah. I think now that you're a established, known comedian, yeah. you should drop it right in the middle and see what kind of laugh it gets now. If your own confidence, the, the, the crowd's right. ability well, to— Well, confidence is part of it. It's one of the reasons you should never do a brand new joke up front. Right. And it's not just because that joke might not land and then put you in a hole for the rest of the show that you have to climb out of. It's because you're not confident with it yet like you are the rest of your material. Yep. So even if it is going to be good, it's probably not going to land right. Yep. And having said that, I do new jokes out up front all the time. You, you still think, well, this time will be different. Every now and again, one will land and you'll be like, I am a golden god. <laughs> I am Superman. <laughs> Invincible. Uh, that's right, and then it'll it'll happen again. The one I've been doing now as like an opener. If I'm in a really small town, which is a lot of what I do. Yeah, I'll say uh, I was just in Kokomo, Indiana, which is a really small town, and I said, oh. uh, "Hey, Kokomo, Indiana, it's so great to be here." I said, "My agent called me and said, where are you? I said, Kokomo, and he said, uh, "What's it like?" I said, "Have you ever? Do you remember the town that outlawed dancing and Footloose?" <laughs> And then I just let it kind of sink in with the crowd, and then I go, "They nailed it. That's that's where I am." <laughs> 
And so that's kind of what I do now. Usually, if you're in a small town, they know that they're in a small town. Right. That is kind of a nowhere town. Sometimes I'll say I've I've done every I've been here four hours and I was here ten minutes before I'd done everything there was to do. Yeah. In you know Fort Wayne or whatever, and they'll be like, oh, "You're right, Fort Wayne's the worst," or whatever. We're so. But every lame. now and again, you'll get a small town. They'll be like, "Hold on, how dare you, Ottawa, Tennessee?" <laughs> to all did of you our look, Udu- did you go to our museum? <laughs> For all of our Ottawaians, <laughs> we got the largest wagon wheel. Ottawaites, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There is a confidence. So if I was, if I delivered a joke more confidently now, which I am a more confident comedian for sure, because I've done it longer. But some jokes just die because they go. You go, well, I tried. Some jokes are your favorite thing, and sometimes you just have to like. It's like your favorite dog, but you know, it's like oh, it's not working anymore, and you got to put the dog down. It's <laughs> a terrible analogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got dark real fast. Nate, my buddy Nate Bergazzi, so his special came out yesterday, which goes, which go watch it on Netflix. It's amazing. But he talks about his dog. Um, they, he first of all, he says we had to put our dog down, and we've had fourteen years. And he goes, he wasn't sick. I just have been real busy. <laughs> no, he says, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but then he talks about uh, we got him from the vet anyway. That's how we got him, and it's because people p- do put dogs down for no reason. They just take him to the vet and go, I can't do this anymore. And then the dogs end up getting killed. And so that's how his, his, one of his relatives was a vet and said, or a vet tech and said, come get this dog. They would take it back to put it down and then she would sneak it out to somebody. And she, and then Nate tells the crowd, and right now you're realizing a lot of your dogs you think you put down are still out there. (laughs) And I just love the idea of that, of people like going, wait a minute. (laughs) We were that family, but it is weird. Well, I want you to try anger armor. I'll work on I it. I want John. you to report back. Okay. Just give it a. Just give it a. It's your own joke. Why yeah. are you you rolling your eyes at your own joke? Yeah, I don't know. So I may or may not have said something on Sunday. Oh, okay. to the point of things that you said In, that into the microphone that you're not proud of. <laughs> um, here's the deal. So I'm, I'm speaking on. So okay, okay. So Sunday. You know, it's yeah. the, it's the first day of the week, Johnny. I don't know it why is. we act like it's the last. Bring your first fruits. Yes. Um, so I'm speaking, and I used uh, a passage from Timothy about give yourself to the public reading of Scripture. As in, a, you know, we talk about sacred acts yeah. a lot right now. So it's like you know, one of the things the technique I'm going to use today to deliver the message. We're in the book of John. We kind of stay. We we do topical series, and then we yeah. come in and out of John. We've been in it since last year. Not taking. Not trying to be in a hurry, just taking our time, go through it, and just let God's word speak to us. So mm-hmm. I'm doing John 11, which is Lazarus, okay? Yeah. And Lazarus is, I mean, it's a great story. It's like, but here's the deal. I'm going to read to you the entire chapter today by the end of it of, of John chapter 11. So I go through John 11. It's all going well. Everything's going great. And I'm talking about Mary and Martha coming out to talk to Jesus. <sighs> and so in... What I said was, and so they come out, and I said they have this. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, tell me what was, you said. It's like they had this intercourse. Is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and as soon as I said it, I knew I said it, and I said through dialogue. Now, <laughs> now here's the deal for everyone out there listening. Yeah, a couple of you, a lot of you are probably here. Now, a couple things, a couple things. So yeah, we had yeah, a yeah. long, extended conversation about this in staff meeting yesterday. And, of course, it is dialogue. It means right, a correct. conversation. It actually was a correct term. Right. It was in my cue as, right. as, a, as a right word. Now, probably what I was doing 
was trying to get somewhere between discourse and interaction. You know discourse what I'm saying? Discourse would have been better. Discourse would have worked better in the modern culture. But go look up, not the images, just the definition of the word. <laughs> Don't do a Google Don't image search. Don't do a search. Google image search. Yeah. For intercourse, the first two <laughs> definitions will be to just have communication. In fact, right. if C.S. Lewis would have been right. speaking in our church, yeah, yeah. he was not. He would have said intercourse. He would have said intercourse. It wouldn't have been a funny thing. It's only like probably mid to late 20th century yeah. that that like almost exclusively. He also probably would have had like a fifth of gin <laughs> with him. He also would have had a best-selling book. Anyway, yeah. there's all kinds of differences between me and C.S. Lewis. But so in my mind, so here's the thing you'll appreciate. Like there's all these, because actually things were going really well. Yeah. They're with me. I'm expounding God's word. Not like, anymore. Not anymore you're not. So first thing I see is my wife. Out of my periphery to oh, my no, left. Oh, and she's laughing. Oh, she's got the giggles. Without being openly giggly. <laughs> the church giggles are the hardest thing to stifle <laughs> ever. It's so... The only thing worse than church giggles is like a funeral giggle. Like, oh, which, like if you're just a friend of a friend of a friend and you're there and then something strikes uh-huh. you, you're reading the thing and you're like, oh boy, there's a yeah. typo here. Or whatever happens. Yeah. Somebody gets up to give a speech and they, they flub something. Yeah. But the church giggles is... Unreal, it's like a drug. You know, it's like being a kid. You know, you're not supposed to laugh. Well, but you know what she did though? She went to her phone. Yeah, like I see her, and then I see uh, Lene. I'm calling you out, Lene, from our. Then she looks like she's laughing at something on her phone. Who's across? They're across the way. (laughs) She's texting, and I'm seeing them text each other. Oh, right. And both of them like kind of doing the little shake, you know. Yeah. And I can hear a little. You can feel the room. Right. The room knows. And so in that split second, as I'm still delivering content. Yeah, yeah. Because here's the hard part. Yeah. Like, it was an okay word. It was an okay word. And that's the thing. That goes back to our conversation about how we have less words in our vocabulary. And this time it hurt you. It did. Because intercourse would have been a normal. Because that's why you add sexual to it. Because sexual intercourse is different than conversational intercourse. Exactly. And when you said discourse, I was like, is there a sexual discourse? No, I don't think that, that's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, <laughs> so many but things I can't say. That's true. Well, but, yeah, so you we were right, but you were not culturally right. Well, Andrew really argued my side yesterday oh, to the no. staff. He was oh, like, wow. you guys, because he looked it up. He was like, guys, it was a perfect word. Yeah. John just has a bigger vocabulary, and he was using the perfect yeah. word, I think, you know. And, and so, <laughs> of course, we were... <laughs> It's just been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. But here's the question. Do you stop and address it in the moment? I think if people laugh, you have to. I didn't. You just moved on. I'm going to tell you why. You powered through. I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. I knew myself well enough that for me to do something funny there, the context of this is Jesus having a conversation with Martha. Yeah. Something inappropriate, more inappropriate, was going to come out. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that Jesus and Martha, ha- like right, at that point, hole, I've yeah. already it's now worse. made a mental image yeah. and taken myself to. So it was like, you know what, guys? <sighs> Hopefully, they went and looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> and realized a couple of them did tell me, well, if you used it, we figured it must be. Every preacher's got those moments, though. Like there was my favorite one. My, I used to hang out with an evangelist, and he said that. He was talking about the feeding of the 5,000, and he said, I mean, he's, he spoke with a commanding voice, too, so he was, like, bearing down on it when he said it. He said, in the, he goes, and the people were so full, they gathered 12 <laughs> baskets of craps. <laughs> and when he said that, he didn't realize he hadn't said scraps and tried to move past it, and people just lost it because it was like, yeah, I guess they were full then, you know. 
And uh, <laughs> one time he said, he said, uh, he was at a thing and he said, if you're, if you're unhappy, it's not God's fault. But he said, it's not God's it's fault. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he looked down, there's a lady, just her shoulders are shaking on the, and she's trying, and then she is, <clears throat> and then it's over the whole front row. And then it goes like a wave to the back, you know, it's like a. I didn't want to be that. Listen, and I love laughing at myself and making uh, self-deprecating is fine. But you're right. You, you, you would, the bailout would have been worse. Losing them. Yeah. There would have been, and I do hate that. Yeah. Going too far into that would have been that that's all from that entire message right. that, that we ever remember, which you can't help that. People get to remember what they want. But if they listen to the podcast, now it will be all because they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's all. Well, you, you should go back to and uh, watch the GroveChurchMJ.com. Mm-hmm. You can watch from what? That would have been what What was the date Sunday? Oh, my 24th. Gosh. March 24th, 24th, a day that shall live in infamy. In infamy. And so yeah. I just, anyway, I'm, I, I knew we needed to talk about it because that was the question. Do yeah. I address it? Yeah. In my mind, it makes it worse. It would have been just a, a slip of the tongue and I said, fart, sure. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's something you stop it. What did I, what did I say one time? You always tell that story when no, you're an offering I, or something no, where, no. I, where I took it somewhere that sounded like farting. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you used to always you used to tell the story because no, you had it. Oh, John, you're like you're you don't make a lot of mistakes. No, I do. You're pretty measured as a person. <sighs> Andrew was like he like it was so funny. They were trying to get into the psychology of it. Like, so in your mind, were you thinking? Were you thinking discourse or interaction? Use this word, and I was like, I really don't know. I do know that generally, generally, yeah, I'll have a list of words that I'm subconsciously thinking are appropriate for this, right? You know, like, because it wasn't in my notes or something. I've got line, like, when somebody will say something and I'm having a conversation, yeah, I have like a cue of like uh, funny things to say. And I'll have to, like, sometimes you just got to clear the whole cue. Yeah. You know, you just clear all. Yeah. None of these are going to be. No yeah. one will like me if I say any of these. The worst is when I'm in a meeting and I, and I need to make a good impression. I, I'm not really known yeah. very well, you know. And I'm usually if I'm in a meeting as the writer, like I'm kind of just the guy. Mm-hmm. Just shut up and hope you get an opportunity to help with the project. You know, yeah. everybody's doing their thing, you know. You're there right. for technical reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's when something really funny comes up that yeah. I want to like drop this stupid, you know, stupid humor kind of thing. And you just know you can't, you just can't. Occasionally, I'll do it anyway. Well, in a way, that's kind of what I do when I do a, a show. If I'm at a church or a, a you know, because I do so many different kinds of events, companies will bring you in, and they have different rules than a church would have, because they have an HR person. So you might have a joke that kills in a church that has some, uh, you know, cultural connotation or pop culture thing, or even like a. I know some comics who are church comics who have a, a, a race uh, element to their material. Yeah. Like, well, black churches do this, white churches do this. An HR guy, a corporate. Uh, would be scared to death yep. for you to lump, yep. because he's going to get e- he's going to get the emails and look bad, even if it lands. He would rather you bomb than he get five emails, right? And so you have to kind of know that. So it's almost like every show is like an audition a little bit. So you yep. have to kind of go, okay, who am I with? Not that I censor myself, but I do. I want everything to land right. So there's definitely certain things where you go, okay, well, this will work here, this won't work here. That's well, okay. My editors sometimes uh, on this on my endorsement book, she would call it. She would say, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. It's just yeah. cringy. Yeah. That's what she would always say, cringy. Like yeah. if I made one too many bathroom jokes, you know, kind right, of thing. Right, right, You know, you went one step too far. Like middle school youth pastor joke yeah. kind of thing, you know. Um, and I try to listen to that. Like, well, I don't want it to be cringy. You know? Yeah, I've got those. Uh, that's what uh, I get that all the time. Like when I do a, a set with Tim, 
Hawkins, I'll be like, I have 15 minutes or 20 minutes on stage. So they'll be like, well, you did this joke. You didn't do this joke and this joke. And I go, yeah, because it's only 20 minutes. If I do the all those jokes that are all alike, that's all they're going to remember. They're going to remember me as the guy who did that that kind of joke. So you have to like, I have to show them variety and I have to give them like a seven course meal in that. But if I had an hour, yeah, I would just space them out. Right. Um, and so you have to make those decisions, but yeah, you're right. If I'm in a situation like that, it's been so long as I've been in a job interview or something like that. That's a real deal, but I never did the right thing. I always either like was way too quiet or I would say something weird that would put somebody off. I was, I was always very awkward, very socially awkward. Yeah. I had a, uh, article request, uh, 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 the publicist that we're working with on endorsement to write article for uh, uh, to man blog kind yeah. of thing it's it's diy kind of stuff but they wanted me to kind of do something funny that also may have some actual helpful yeah. you know takeaways and i wrote it and i even i was sensitive i was like you know i i don't like the whole i'm an idiot you know or because in the article it was like i got in trouble it was about not dropping crumbs on the couch the three the three ways to not drive oh, which yeah. three foods yeah. It's pizza rolls, marshmallows, yeah. and grapes. And each one, you have this rid- just ridiculous detail yeah. to how to eat on the couch, you know, because you're going to get in trouble, which indicates like this gender role thing as if right. I'm the child, she's the adult. Right. She's always on me, you know, and and I, and I wrote to, to her, I said, look, I've wrote this because that's what the site's for men kind of thing, and that's the yeah. gag. But I really struggle, yeah. you know, to your point, like knowing – who I am, like it's not a big deal. It, 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 it's, it's, I'm not making a definitive statement. Surely you realize it's satire, and it's not like you know. Yeah. But you know, in, in Tim, when Tim and I wrote some of the jokes, he has are like that. You know, yeah. very much a, you know, what do he always say? You know, my wife is like oh, I'm, I'm smarter a, than me. I'm she's I'm she, yeah. I'm know. like a catcher in t-ball. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. he'd say that a lot. You know, kind of thing. And some of it was honoring his wife that she's doing a lot of work right. and other things, but. There's that. My wife and I always talk about. It. I never want to be that guy. For example, I heard someone say today, you know, like with his own children. I heard someone say that their friend was babysitting. Oh right. And it's like, okay, I don't babysit my kid. You know, that yeah. indicates you parent your child. Right. She's mine. Yeah. Like I'm her father. She's with me all the time. Is how yeah. it should be. I'm on dad duty. You mean just being a dad? <laughs> you mean like uh, you're alive? Right. <laughs> yeah. And so. Just, but and I know those seem like real nitpicky things, but I do think about, you know, even when when we talk about marriage and stuff, you know, that that I'm not afraid of stereotypes in terms of, like when they're silly, and yeah. we all know they're silly. But I do think that sometimes that silliness causes people to begin to think a certain way. Anytime it's a it's yeah. a oh she's the old lady, I don't ever get to go bowling. Like you know, if you yeah. you, you kind of fall into that, you know. 50s yeah. I'm on the couch kind of mindset I work hard all day and she's always on me to take out the trash I just I just realized we've never been bowling together what's that's up with, can, that can't be true what's up with your wife what do you mean I want oh you want we to should go have bowling. a league like a league night we've been bowling before but not like with our well, own how do I feel like watching you need, bowl would be an awkward we need experience monogrammed shirts with like a cool name on on the back like whatever you're come on Give me one. Uh, I, all I can think of is the ones from uh, Kingpin, like Modern Family. They uh, Cam is in league. It's like the Britney Spears, <laughs> and <laughs> they're all like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually no. love. I actually love bowling. 
I don't think bowling too. I used to go bowling a lot as a teenager. Take a, you take a break. You're like, all right, let me take a break. Let me get a drink. Oh yeah, you can eat the whole time. Here, you have these nachos, and a, it's a sport. Hold a chicken leg while you bowl. Try eating nachos while you play basketball, bro. Can't do it. Tried it, didn't work. You tried. <laughs> you did try it. That was a mistake. Hold a nacho break. Do you know yeah. I shot a ball last night? Uh, I shot around a little bit. There was a ball in the kid in my kid's gym when yeah. she was practicing. Hey, how would it go? Actually, hit quite a few shots. I was surprised Look it was still you. there. Johnny, all the magic, bro. And it's all still there. <laughs> <It's> all... <laughs> now, if I had to run, you know, fast. Yeah, run. the wind sprints back. But I know forth. you want racquetball. That's what you want us to do. And we're well, gonna, when are we gonna? And we're gonna do it. What, uh, are you really gonna blame me? Yeah. You're the one out of town it's every true. week. I'm leaving again tomorrow. All the time. Yeah, and you no. keep blaming me. You it's a busy month. Yeah. Tomorrow, so I'm leaving tomorrow because Friday I have two shows in one day in two separate towns. <laughs> one state, though, right? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the towns? Uh, Maryville, Illinois, uh-huh. and St. Charles, Missouri. Surely it's Maryville. Maryville? You called it Maryville. Maryville, because That's I'm Maryville, from Maryville, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Maryville, Illinois. No. Yeah, Maryville, Illinois. And? And uh, St. Charles, Missouri. Wow. So they're. It doesn't, doesn't feel like it's close. It's 25 miles. That's close. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Now the, the the everything was like okay well we can barely do this we can do it and now the show times are getting like closer together. One guy that once has me the first one has been going on a little bit later. The second one has been going on a little bit earlier. Do they know though that you're doing? Two they shows? know of each other, and I've tried to reach out and say, hey, we're this is going to be really tight. So I have a friend going with me, my buddy Aaron, and so I said, dude, we're just going to have to like. Grab can you the not guitar. sound check in both places? Well, that's what we're that's why we're getting there a day early. We're going to sound check and leave gotcha. a guitar. Well, then you know. And the, at the yeah. second one, and then go take a second guitar to the... So they should feel great. If which you I just... need to borrow your guitar, by the way. <laughs> can I borrow your guitar? Are you serious? Yeah. Can I borrow it? Do you need uh, it this weekend? I think I need it this weekend. For You're not back by Sunday? No. Dane uses it right now on Sundays quite a bit. What about the Blue Ridge? He doesn't use the Blue Ridge? Well, I mean, I can just ask him to use the Blue Ridge. Do you think that the whole audience wants to hear all this right now? I think they do. The, the, they want to see the dynamic of our friendship. This what is what it's a, like are you to really... Giving, are you a giving person? Oh, I happily loan you the guitar. That's yeah. fun. But you need it. <sighs> what kind of a what kind of a dude needs two guitars for one day? But you, this is a special, apparently this is a spe- stars. It's a special circumstance. <laughs> what do you... Because like that, it saves me like another five minutes of... You know, set up and running well, and it on. makes everything feel right, yeah, right. for them. Yeah. Like if you happen to just roll right in, then all you do is step. Well, yeah, because if the guitar's there, they're like, "Well, he's got to come back for this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just leave it as John's. Uh, It'll be fine. Anyway, that's that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever said yes to. So if it doesn't go well, like this will air Monday, and we'll know. I'll you know, yeah, if if it went well, and um, I'm betting it will, but. It's also, I'll probably, my mom used to say there's people that get ulcers and people that give ulcers, uh-huh. and I'm the first kind, and uh, this will be, be an ulcer weekend. of. Mm. And I guess I'll give ulcers, too, in a way, though. She's probably wrong, because I guess I'm giving ulcers to the other people. Yeah, but. Because I'm, I'm like the guy that walks in right before I go on. Are you the main guy? Yeah. Or are you, like, a part of the event? Uh, the first one's a fundraiser, so I guess they'll do other things. It's a Christian So the one you're getting to, you're the main guy. The one you could be late to. Yeah. You are the reason they're there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's bad. It's a homeschool conference, too. Oh. But I've already done two events for them, and they went really well. So I think I've got a little bit of equity. Okay. So. Yeah. I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, because it sounds like I'm being flipped to like my clients. But, I mean, I really do care about these people. It's just that this opportunity came up, and I thought, well, I can make this all work. Theirs is at 6. Yours is at 8. 
let's call the whole thing let's, off. I don't know. I was looking for yeah, it. But, it, but now it's like, it looks do you like want me to go sub at it. one of them for you? You know what, dude? You about, you probably right. could. Hatchback another name. And uh, anger armor. That's your. <laughs> those are your closers. <laughs> and good night, <laughs> guys. What is the deal? Yeah, I'm not. Listen, I know I'm not a comedian. It's okay. I made peace with it. You're. That's I'm your a funny guy. I'm a prose. Listen, I'm not even sure that's true. I have just enough humor in life to enjoy myself. You make your wife laugh? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. My wife will laugh. That's not every time. Right. But neither does yours. No. Yeah. But yours, let's be honest. I mean, it's overstimulation at this point. You I mean, know what I'm saying? That's right. I made my wife laugh the other night. It was pretty It was pretty intoxicating. So <laughs> it's pretty great to make your wife laugh. It still like does it something is. for me. It's very good. Yeah. So... We're we're watching this show called Billions, which is about it's on uh, Showtime, and it's about a, a hedge fund manager who's like bending all the rules uh, to make money, and then the other guy's like the the you know the hero, but really he's not a hero. There's no heroes anymore in shows. No. You know that they're all they all are bl- broken and flawed, like Breaking Bad. Yeah. There's no it's all antiheroes. But he's the district attorney of New York City, and he's trying to prosecute this guy. Yeah, and so it's like their whole battle back and forth, and what they're willing to do to. To you know, he's what he's willing to do to get away versus what the dish. So it's crazy. So the show's called Billions, and this guy's a whatever billionaire, a hedge fund manager. So Curry goes, "We're just watching the show, and it's like the second or third episode." And in the episode, the guy uh, wants to get his name on a building like that's a, a you know been a, the same name on it for a hundred years in New York City. Okay. He wants his name on it, and so he's going to the whatever the charity fund to try to figure out how what's it going to take to supplant this guy's name. And the guy's long dead, but the family still benefits from it. So he offers them a hundred million dollars for the naming rights. Wow. And uh, and so Curry goes, hundred million. How much money does this guy have? And I just looked over. I go, sweetie, this show's called Billions. <laughs> And then she lost her. She laughed so hard. It was just so funny. <laughs> the answer is literally in the it's title. It's in the show. <laughs> Are you watching the show? Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But yeah, hundred million is still a lot of money, though. Well, to some people, it'll be. A, it's right. <laughs> I still think that's funny. The whole when, when the when the lottery went all the way up to yeah. It's like, well, you know like, what? Well, now, now I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my brother does that. My brother 20, does that. Twenty-seven million. What was the? What was 100%. the point? I was telling him this conversation with my brother because he's like, "What's the point?" I go, "I go. Do you play the lottery?" Because the old commercial came on. He goes, "No, not now. It's only like twenty-seven million." I go, "Dude, <laughs> do you understand what you're saying?" <laughs> ah, that ain't even a blip on the radar. After taxes, you probably have eighteen million. <laughs> it's like that don't move the needle. Come on. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, we're he, he did a silent auction. This is about the lottery. He did a silent auction for the for Agape, the group home he runs, which you can go to agapeoutreachhomes.org and learn more about that. That's a program my family founded. Yeah. It's to amazing. For, for mentally handicapped folks. So, uh and that's in Knoxville, Tennessee, and my brother runs that program. So, he had a big fundraiser. So, they did a silent auction. He said one of the cr- crazy surprising things that got the most bids. It was going off the page. They had to get a second page for people to bid on it. Wow. Was a jar of lottery tickets. <laughs> wow. And he's not sure it's legal to even do it. He was just like, I don't know if we're allowed to sell lottery tickets. <laughs> but somebody just brought it and said, What if you did this? And it was just a huge jar with like a stack of lottery tickets in it. And Isn't that crazy. Uh, People, it's like it's like the the mystery box. Yeah, and I get fetched. I think it fetched over a hundred dollars. And then he he had the guy report back. Well, did any of them win? You know, wouldn't that be amazing? And I think the guy said he won forty three, and the man was like, "Did you win forty three more than the hundred, or did you 
still lose $67 or $57. I don't know math. Right. You don't really. Anyway, don't play the lottery. It's dumb. You're not going to win. But if you're going to play, don't make it only based on, well, now it's at a billion and a half. I got to do it. That's real money. Yeah. But didn't you buy one? No. A lottery ticket? Yeah. No, I've never bought a lottery ticket. Never got one when I got Have you bought big... one? Oh, I definitely bought one of that last one. So. It was kind of just for fun. And your, I realized how the, stupid it is. What's the scriptural stance on that? There is no scriptural stance. On, on lottery? That. Yeah. Okay. I, I I can let that statement lie. Like, like gambling? You like, like, I would love for someone to tell me where the scriptural statement on is lottery? On, on lottery. Like, yeah. we act like there is. Yeah. There's not. But and I think so if it's, just, what if it's like a controlling issue and you're spending your kids' lunch where money? It goes. Yeah. So here's the deal. I had this conversation yesterday with somebody about, uh, I think I think there's multiple things and we, we that, are, that are so key to look at. We love to make laws, good and bad, yeah. out of things, substances, practices. And there are things like murder, scripturally, not good, right? You know what I'm saying. I'm really glad you're coming out against murder. Yeah, I'm, guys. I am. I'm solidly in the a, anti-murder camp. It's been unclear until now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to appreciate your vote this November. But there are a lot of things that scripturally are not stated. But scripture does give you two things: it gives you warnings and it gives yeah. you wisdom. Right now, I did not do that alliteration on purpose. Man, you're good. They just both it just flows out of you. It just happened to be there. Man, scripture gives you warnings and scripture gives you wisdom. Yeah. And so one of those things is money. Yeah. Money is a great one. Everyone always loves to say that money is the root of all evil. Johnny, is that accurate? No. It's the love it of money. The love of money, which is a heart thing. Money is a thing. It's just it's, it's paper or coin it's or inert. Bitcoin or whatever. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not it, – it's, it, it's inanimate. And so what we do with money, Scripture gives you warnings yeah. and Scripture gives you wisdom. And right. so how and it, it, can it lead to idolatry in your life? Because the Bible does say in Colossians, I believe, that greed is idolatry. Yeah. So I'm living greedy then I'm worshiping something or put my security in something other than God. And I'm struggling then with, again, now let's reclaim the word sin. Well, I mean, sin absolutely is something that I'm, I'm, I'm breaking. We're, we're all in sin. We've all commit sin. I'm, I'm breaking this uh, intention of God's best for my life. And, and so, like, I had a kid. I spoke at middle school, by the way, in high school chapel at my kid's school the other day. Oh, boy. I kind of shared the grace of Jesus. And these two middle schoolers come to me. They were kind of like fidgeting, like they were really, really yeah. kind of nervous. And they said, "We heard him in, in you know Bible class or VBS or something in their life, you know." Yeah. And this is the the words the kid used to me: that lying is an abomination to God. Wow. So I have a, I have a seventh grader or something telling me that lying is an abomination. An to abomination. God. And I looked at him and I said, "Well, it is." I said, "Man, and it's worth a big, big punishment." I said, but here's the deal. God loves you so much that he made sure that Jesus got that punishment so you don't have to. That's really what Jesus came to do mm-hmm. is to take your place. So, yes. So lying no longer. I talked to him about the forgiveness of Christ covering sin before you were ever born. You know, and that by faith you enter into the thing he's already provided for those who will, everyone who will call on the name of the Lord. And that you're supposed to be secure. So does God want you to lie? 
Well, no. Does lying separate you from God? No, because you already paid the price for that separation. And in Christ, then, because you're free, your heart can actually change to the point that you don't want to lie because you're in a relationship with Jesus. That's, that's the transformation of Christ in your life because you're not condemned. And the seventh grader's head exploded. Well, they really, he really did look at me like, are you serious? Like yeah. I said it in a little more seventh grade words, but it was a real like, are you serious? It's like, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of the whole thing is that sin does separate you from God. So Jesus cleared the separation out of the way. Right. Like, so back to the things, money and idolatry and the sin and all those things in our life covered by Christ. But it's a thing that scripture gives you wisdom and warning about. Yeah. And if it controls you, and, and so back to lottery. So is there between moderation and something that's controlling? And I think moderation is like a, a good wisdom word, yeah. you know? I think I think that the scriptural heart value of things goes down to it. Like, look, I know when in my heart I'm I'm leaning into insecurity because of financial things. I know that. Like, I know what I, I look up and I'm striving because I'm yeah. worried and I'm checking my phone and I'm, I'm I, I kind of get into that manic state where yeah. something didn't go according to my plan, and so I'm or I'm waiting on something to go to a good plan, and so I I can sense it. And in a moment there, I have to be a steward of those things. That's okay, you know. But that's that daily gospel return to say, hey, I remind myself, Lord, you know, that you're my source of security. There's no amount of money that's going to enter my account or leave my account today that's going to make me more secure in Christ than I already am right now. It's not going to change my eternity. It's not going to change whether or not you care for me or whether you provide for me. It's not. If I screw it all up, your grace is going to be with me. You're going to walk me through it and take me with it. And and I said, and I talked about this yesterday, we went to help out somebody who was in need and and we talked about the fact that if I, it really causes you to believe if this is mine or not. So I told her, I was like, hey, Sadie, if I gave you $1,000 of daddy's money, I was like, yes, that's a lot of money. You know? yeah. I was like, what would you do with it? Of course, you know, she's so funny. She's like, I'd give it to Jesus. You know, like it's, the, right. she, it's like the Christian. I was like, okay, okay. Daddy, if I gave you $1,000, I'd be okay with you taking care of yourself, buying food, some clothes. Because daddy's not done with you. He's not going to take care of you <laughs> This is it. I'll see you. Uh, <laughs> but like uh, I, would, I would expect you to be able to use that, enjoy it, do some things. Yeah. But I would expect you when you see a situation that you know daddy would act in to use daddy's money accordingly. Right. Like that, that you would go do with daddy's money what you think daddy would do with it. And so that's how money is with God. That's how we're supposed to think of it. If it's in my pocket, like what do I think God would do right now? Because it's actually his and I'm stewarding it. And he's okay with me enjoying it and okay with me being, you know, fed by it and cared for. But if you really had, if you're the son of a billionaire and you know the billionaire's business and there's an opportunity for you to be a part of that business, then you are expected to steward that money as the billionaire would. And so there's that. In fact, I have that thing I tell my wife, like, I would love it if you look at my giving statements. I may not be a rich guy, but I would love it if someone could ever say, man, he gives like a rich guy. Yeah. Like if they were going to reverse engineer, they're going to assume something about me because the bottom line is the money in my hand is a rich guy's money. So mm-hmm. I can give it. As a, and I'm not giving a prosperity gospel. Hey, now. Come on. That's why we're looking for that $1,000 sponsor today. The silver bracket. <laughs> Stretch your hands towards your iPhone. But I think lottery I think lottery is a heart issue. We 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 thought it was kind of a fun novelty thing. We well, bought we bought whole, a ticket. Right. Well then there's it, the whole political know? thing of like is it a tax on the poor in essence? Oh and because, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole other argument against but, but it. But that but that goes into everything though, where we say you know, hello, you know what else is a tax on the poor? And no one's we're not gonna like this, but fast food. Yeah. 
Because guess what? You know, we talked about how much it costs right. for a people to eat healthfully. Double cheeseburger is 99 cents. A salad $6. Correct. Yeah. What are you doing now to the American public who is poor is much easier. They're not learning about nutritional yeah. things and then also having heart disease and dying and having diabetes and all kinds of other things, yeah. which is compounding all of the health care costs, the, the issues in, in the end of care giving and all the things we're doing here. So the point is that we get rid of fast food. Well, at the end of the day, we should teach people how to eat better. Like it all almost always comes down to warnings and wisdom, yeah. how you use it, unless it's a thing that God has proclaimed. You need like a third W. All right, let's do it. Warnings, wisdom, and wacky. <laughs> Whack-a-mole. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just start there. I just start saying ridiculous things. That's so, fine. You if you're throw, trying to see what sticks. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but I, yeah. So I no, I don't think the lottery in and of itself. Do I think it's the best use of your money for investment? No, I think that could be unwise. I think I do say this too. I think it's really really key. Yeah. If you can't control your eating, then and you can't control your spending, or you can't control your drinking. Those things are usually going to all go together yeah, to and some you, extent. Well, yeah, and you know if you have addictive personality. There you go. And that's the thing is knowing about yourself, knowing what – this is a bad – this might be an okay situation for my friends. It's not a good situation for me. Yeah, I had, I had a friend uh, who leads a recovery ministry in Dallas, and we were talking, and we are talking about alcohol. And he was an alcoholic for 12 years. Yeah. And he said, man, he goes – I don't have a problem at all with you or any one of my friends. They They can have a drink all they want to. I lost the right to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't need that. That's that's just now something in my life. But I know that's not necessarily for everyone. It might it'd be wise for a lot of people who are struggling with that. Yeah. But he had that clarity of and I think that's one thing we do in American culture a lot in the religious culture is we take whatever our experiences are. Yeah. And we superimpose them. Right. Project on everybody it. Yeah. Else. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Everybody, let's be clear. I'm not. I don't want to go. Everybody, go out and spend Why all you your play money on the lottery, lottery every day. Every day, John's got a stack of tickets you would not believe. I do. I, I want him at this auction. He's doing scratchers right now. Right now. I mean, the bottom line is, I do think that it's more dangerous for us to add to God's word things that are not in there. I mean, yeah. Scripture leads us, it tells us not to do that. So when yeah. something becomes like as important to us as God's word, that's actually not in God's word. You know whether that's whether that's nationalism, or whether that's a way that we look at another race, or whether that's a political viewpoint, like kinds of things. You have to be a little. This is when we always are you a literal fundamentalist Christian? You know, it's like, well, let's be literal on this. That I'm not going to allow things that aren't scriptural, explicitly stated in scripture, to be explicitly enforced in my life. I might have other principles that aren't in Scripture that I choose to live by because they're just wisdom. I'm not going to explicitly make what would appear to be the equivalent of a spiritual law out of something that God does not make a spiritual law out of because yeah. it does, especially generations down the road, it creates something worse. Yeah. It creates another problem. There's a reason God didn't prohibit it or say it or proclaim yeah. it. Well, that's the old joke, too, is like the preacher preaches against gambling and all that stuff until somebody in his church wins and they're like, you right. better tithe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right. <laughs> then you're like, you want to throw a scriptural principle on top of their winning. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, listen, it ain't a joke. No, I mean, it's, it's absolutely what yeah. would happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So we find a scripture all of a sudden to justify it. Yeah. Gosh, that's so funny. Man. That's so funny. Well, uh, so I'm heading to Dallas next week. So you're heading on your fancy trip, and I got one. I'm going to St. Charles, Missouri, and Maryville, Illinois. I feel like my place is better. And then Macon, Missouri. Ooh. And that one's a game feed. You know what those are? 
the wild game suppers. That oh these yeah, yeah, I've been do. to those with you before. You're eating like strange meats. Oh yeah, they're all laid out. Me and you went to that one in, uh, it was in Ohio or Indiana, right across the border. That was another first line I tried that didn't land. I, we went to this game feed. I was with, Jeffrey was with me on that one. And so they had uh, deer head and cow skulls and elk head all over the top. <laughs> they had mounted them over the top of these dishes of meats. <laughs> and what a weird thing. They had all them all labeled, too. They had, like, quail. and they even I think they had possum. I swear to you, they had possum at this one. And it was in Dyersburg, Tennessee. So I get up and I go, guys, it's it's cool that you're doing this and all the different kind of exotic meats. and But do you got to make the animals watch? <laughs> and it it went over like a lead balloon. I mean, I don't understand. I would laugh regardless. I know. They like, didn't, bro. It was like a gymnatorium kind of thing. And it was just the weird kettle lights that never quite, you know, they're oh, all buzzing behind me. And I just, and Jeffrey was like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. And then we just tried to climb out of the hole for the next 10 minutes. That's how I took my kid to a Brazilian steakhouse in uh, Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I tell you that? So they bring around all the stuff, you know. Yeah. They brought around chicken hearts. What? Oh, yeah, chicken hearts. And <clears throat> they look like little like olives. A ritual sacrifice. And so, of course, you know, my dad used to, so my dad used to eat things all the time. So I was a kid, it was the greatest thing ever. My right. dad would eat grasshoppers. Experimental. He would eat grasshoppers. Oh, my gosh. Peel off their legs and stuff. But it was kind of like a novelty thing to get all the kids in the churchyard. We'd all come out and, he's going, Mike's going to eat another one. You know, we were very country, apparently. Wow. Yeah. And so, of course, as a kid, of course, I'd do everything my dad did. So I'd go and, I don't know how many grasshoppers I probably ate, Johnny. It probably wasn't healthy, but, you know, he, he probably should have explained to you me. You ate grasshoppers? Well, I took their legs off, but I was a kid. What I, does I, that help? I was just doing what my dad did. I was brave. So, anyway, I like eating things. Like Sadie, <clears throat> she was like, she was like, I'm not eating that. So, I ate a chicken heart, and I was like, and I said, oh now, Sadie. God. Did you absorb its power? Now, inside of me is the heart of a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm as strong as a full-grown man and a chicken. <laughs> According was, to the legend. It was pretty gross. It was pretty chewy. So Ooh. I think I got into that left ventricle or something. I don't know. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. I don't really know chicken anatomy. but uh, <laughs> Not very well at all. <laughs> That's horrifying. So for all of you listeners out there, yeah. try something new. A cricket, a chicken. A lottery ticket. Yeah. This Get out been, there and live. This has <laughs> been a day of new things yeah. for you. Do it. So will you be safe? We're going to head down to Dallas for a big conference and have a good time with some friends. Yeah. I wish you were going. We invited you, but you were going to be on the I got to be no, somewhere else. I'm sorry. Be fun. You've been with me there before several times. Yeah, it's great. Love love yeah. Watermark Church. Watermark Church is awesome. Good folks. And uh, we'll come back with a lot of exciting stories, I'm sure, and good times. We're taking 30 of our elders and deacons are going with us That's this cool. time. And uh, doing a lot of training on community, a lot of training on Different things. Just a cool place to hang out and and yeah. kind of dream together and those kinds of things. So it's a lot of fun. But hey, we do appreciate all the sharing going on out there. Oh, all, share the, it, all the contents, it, like the questions. It, love it. Hey, man, Retweet let your friends it. know about it. Create your own larger following and then get people to follow us. Yeah. Like we, mm-hmm. we're, we're asking you to be the vehicle by which this goes to the nations. This sounds like a cult. It, it got a little weird. It got, it got creepy. <laughs> but you can always follow Johnny on Twitter or yeah. Facebook and myself as well. Uh, John underscore driver and Johnny underscore W. That's with a J-O-N-N-I-E. Mm-hmm. Do not confuse don't don't him put an H in with there. a conventional spelling of Johnny. He's not a conventional guy. No. So it won't work. But, um, but yeah, share it. And, uh, as of the time of this recording... Tennessee is in the Sweet 16. We have disciplined ourselves not. I'm going to say that when this airs, we're going to be in the Final Four. 
Johnny, it would be. Well, yeah, because we got to get through the oh, weekend. Yeah. If we get yeah. to the weekend, we'll go through this in the Elite Eight. We're in the final if four. we're in the Final Four. When this airs, we're in the Final Four. You know what? Or I'm somewhere, you know, with just, I don't know what I'll be. I'll we be did almost. Set somewhere. We did almost. Fetal position. We almost lost after holding. We would have tied for the greatest blown lead that yeah. led to a loss in NCAA history. We 25. But. It's not going to happen again. No, no way that happens no, again. No, no way it happens again. So here's the deal, though. If we are in the Final Four, you know what? Just remind me. I'm sending equipment with you on the road. Because oh, if you're, okay. if you're, if we're in the Final Four, we have we to gotta do, do a podcast next yeah, week. Yeah, you're right. You're while right. we're both traveling. And just do it. And hopefully we find the internet service. So. But hey, you guys, uh, say a prayer for the balls. And, uh, <laughs> or for your favorite team that's also going to lose to the balls. Right, right. So anyway. Hey, guys, thank you always for listening. And we appreciate you being a part of what we do here on. Talk about that. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.